We continue with the Daily Sports Feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Rigger. It's a pleasure to have you along. Kind of recap the weekend, what took place. JMU men go 2-0, the women 1-1, but both teams are in pretty good shape right now. The men are tied for third, women tied for second right now. As There are six games left in the regular season as the, the jockeying for position is continuing in the Sun Belt. Let's talk to Shane Metlin, the JMU basketball beat writer for the Daily News Record. Hi, Shane. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing well. Both teams on the road last week, so you just got to sit back. You were able to just sit back, relax, and watch games, right? Uh, Saturday, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> stayed home, watched them both. I, I drove down to Norfolk on the. Uh, That's right. Thursday. You were you were there was, Thursday, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, which is you know not a bad drive and uh, a great place to go watch games. So that that was a that was a good day. Yeah, no question. And you know, let's start with the men. They've won six of seven now. Again, they were sitting at two and three, struggling. A couple of home losses, the one-point loss to South Alabama, and, and, and since that point in time, they, they've won six of seven, and they've won four in a row. This team is playing really, really well right now. It was a great weekend. Those are those were two big wins this past weekend. Yeah, they were. Um, you know, they played well. They um, Both of them, it was games where they jumped out, they played well at the start, and then you know you were going to take the best punch from a couple of teams that, you know, they haven't played App State that much in basketball, but you know those are the rivalries in the Sun Belt now, ODU and App State. And um, you knew you were going to take your best punch. You were playing against, uh, playing in front of, like you know, pretty hostile, large crowds at both arenas. Um, both teams came back on them, and you know, uh, ODU got within a bucket a couple of times. Uh, App State came back and tied it, but they never gave up the lead in either game, which I think was. You know, pretty key. They they stayed calm, even healed. Like this, never once, like in either of those games, was there just like there was there ever the thought like they're blowing it right now. They're 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 losing it. They're they're not going to recover from this. And I think that's probably one of the biggest differences here recently. That's the one thing that stood out in the two games is is that they never gave that lead up. Is that they they were always find an answer, even if it was a ten nothing run by App or Odie or whoever it was, whatever it was. Even though they got closer, as you mentioned, App tied it with about two twenty left in the basketball game. They always seemed to make a play, whether that be a defensive stop, whether that be a bucket. They just continued to make plays, and that's something that I, I think that this team has kind of figured out. It, it, they struggled with that early in the season in close games, but now in these close games. They're, they seem to be making winning plays at the right time. Yeah, and you know it always helps when you're making shots, and they've made some you know timely three pointers and things here recently. But you also mentioned it; they're getting stops too. I mean, when they really need it, when the other team, you know, threatening to take all the momentum, they're getting stops and you know putting two or three stops together at times when they really need it. Um, when you do that, it gives you it those possessions where it feels like you need a bucket, it becomes more like we need a bucket and the next two or three possessions as opposed to like, it's got to happen right now. And I think that kind of, uh, kind of, you know, takes the edge off a little bit. Um, this team, you know, frankly, I think sometimes when they were like giving up runs, maybe panic a little bit earlier in the season and just not doing that right now. They're not, and they're they're finding ways, and it's it's the veterans. It's Tock Molson, um, and Mezzi's played a lot of college basketball. Noah Friedel's doing doing winning plays despite not shooting it great right now. Again, we're talking to Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record, and you know 
defensively, this team is really locked in. Again, ODU had 24 points before the shot at the buzzer in the first half um, of the game Thursday. App State had 16 before they hit the buzzer beater to, to close out the first half. Uh, even go back to the ULM game, they had what I think they gave up 16 until they gave up a dunk to end the second half when they dominated the second half. They've put together some tremendous defensive efforts here of late, and that's that's why this team is where they are right now, isn't it? I mean, this is how they're going to win basketball games. Yeah, and you know, the couple of the games you mentioned, too, they did it on the road where I think early in the season, going back to last season, it seemed like they really fed off the home crowd a lot when it came to defense. Um, you know, they start to, you know, hear the cheers and the shot clocks running down. They're putting a ton of pressure on the perimeter and things, and they feed off of that. Um, you know, they did it against hostile crowds here the last couple of times. You know, that was, uh, there was more than 7,000 people at ODU, a place that's pretty close to full. Um, you know, there were some JMU fans too, but um, for the most part, you know, that was a tough environment to play in, and they played just really well for 40 minutes. Yeah, there wasn't a stretch where they really didn't play well. Sometimes the other team would make runs, but it's not like JMU played bad in both games, and they were both very similar as we talked to Shane Metlin again from the Daily News Record. And obviously, Vado Morse went out about what, 11 minutes or so into the game on Thursday, did not play on Saturday. Alonzo Sule continues to be out. Terrell Strickland, again, not playing a ton right now injuries and, and, and just some struggles. Even Xavier Brown's not playing a bunch right now, although he gave them a great stretch in the first half at, at, at App State. They need guys to step up right now, and Tyree Iannaccio and Julian Wooden were absolutely – they probably don't win either of the games if those two don't step up in both games. And, and for those two to step up and play like they have without getting consistent minutes, it, it's it's so fun to see those guys really kind of step up and, as Coach mentioned, just be fearless. And, and those two guys were, were the biggest keys this weekend, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, and this is, you know, we're starting to see kind of the Tyree Iannaccio that the hype was when he came in. That he was, you know, he was a guy who, as a freshman at North Dakota in a pretty solid league, was their rookie of the year, um, you know, averaged, I think, what was like close to nine point six rebound. I mean, he, he, yeah. he stuffed the fat sheet. He did that. And he's probably a better long-range shooter right now than he was then and now you're starting to see him put up double figures like when he gets the minutes in the shots he's putting up double figures he's still doing the things handling the ball distributing it a little bit good defender long arms can really just kind of you know he guards he, he can disrupt smaller guards with his size um yeah i mean this is what i think mark byington was expecting when he brought him in and you know, he's had injuries and stuff, but now he's getting the opportunity and he's making most of it. And is this the best? Again, I didn't get to see Drew obviously play his first couple of years. I've seen him these last two years, but now he's in his fourth year. He's the only holdover from the previous staff. Is this as good as you've seen Julian Wooden play? Probably. I mean, he's had some really good games yeah. at times. Even going back to his freshman year, he's had games where he's, you know, stood out or he shot it really well. Or, um, you know, I, I can go back to his freshman year up at George Mason. Uh, George Mason fans were all over him for some reason. He was the guy they kind of picked out, and uh, he had a really good game there. Made a couple threes, had a highlight dunk. Um, but this is probably the best stretch he's had, uh, where he's just playing consistently well. And it's another guy where, you know, where were the minutes going to come from from him? Maybe when they're at full strength, like is he going to get to stay on the court for a longer stretch? 
and now he is with some guys out with Alonzo Sule out. Um, he's getting the time, and he, he's another guy who just made the most of it. And he shot well all year. I mean, he's shooting 47% this year from three over 50% from two. He, he's just been – he's averaging eight and a half right now. And, and, again, they probably won't win those games without what he does this last weekend. So he had ice in his veins, hit some big shots in both games. And, again, the Dukes get two road wins. And now we're uh, – we can do this in the media. Again, the coaches aren't going to look at this. But now you go this weekend. They go to Georgia Southern Thursday, Coastal Carolina Saturday. Well, for folks that don't know, Georgia Southern has now lost six of seven, and that does include the loss at the Atlantic Union Bank Center. They are struggling right now. They've lost four in a row, six of seven. Coastal Carolina's lost five consecutive games. They're not playing very well. Finally, that they're playing some teams that aren't, aren't playing very well. They should go win these games if they continue playing at a high level and go win on the road. And then you get your last four at home. It's kind of what we talked about before the season began. When this schedule came out, boy, four games at home to close out the, the, the regular season – if you can just put yourself in a chance to be in the top four, win a conference championship, they have an, a golden opportunity right now to be in a great spot with those last four games. Yeah, you really want to avoid the uh, kind of the, the letdown they had in the middle of the season earlier when they uh, they lost a couple games at home that they probably should have won um, just based on you know all the other results. Um, but yeah, I mean. I, I do kind of wonder about, you know, Coastal, you said they've lost five in a row. They're, they're really struggling. They still got a lot of talent. We saw they do. Them, like, yes. make plays in Harrisonburg, you know, when they were Antonio here Day has been um, terrible since he had that game against JMU. He has not been good at all. He didn't even start one game. I don't know what, I don't know how. Yeah. I, it's, you know, and he was so good. Like, he was, you know, FIU and Fordham before he got there. I mean, this was, that game in Harrisonburg was kind of what I was expecting to see from him in the Sun Belt, and it hasn't been that much. Yeah, I, yeah it, you kind of wonder if this is a coastal team that's ready to kind of pack it in for the rest of the year or if, um, you know, Jamie will get their best shot. Regardless, I think, you know, Jamie has got the better team, should be able to win these two games on the road. Um, and like you said, come home to close it out with four, four at home and, you know, be, I don't know, Either Louisiana or Southern Miss, depending on who wins Thursday, has a chance to kind of run away with things. Yeah, they take their business. But you know, JMU's got a chance to really be up there. And the, the top four seed, which is really important for the conference tournament, is within their grasp. And then depending on what other teams do, they've got Louisiana and Marshall both coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're right in the mix right now, despite having that three-game losing streak earlier they control their own destiny right now for a top four seed not not to win the league but but to, to get a top four seed and get a, a double buy to the quarterfinals it's within it's well within their grasp and, and honestly they should do it I mean if you think about who they're playing Louisiana and Marshall will be tough even though they're at home the other four games they have the better team they, they do now it's a matter of if they can follow through and win because again they've had the better teams before and and not one so it's a matter of following through but now they control their own destiny for all this yeah they they do and i feel like i feel like there's four teams in the conference right now that have separated themselves i agree obviously usm and louisiana have you know they're they're tied for first they're good (laughs) really good the win on thursday is going to be in first outright and be in really good shape uh, those are those are really good teams. They separate themselves, but then Marshall and JMU are not far behind. I agree. And you know, and JMU has a chance to you know really get in the mix if they can beat Marshall and and Louisiana at home. 
Um, you know, a loss, you know, they only played those teams once in the West. They get Louisiana home. They lost at USM, which is about what you would expect. Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't be a shock if any four of the any one of those four teams was playing in championship game in Pensacola in the future. And the crazy, yeah, it is. And the crazy thing is too, those four teams have some separation now because, especially JMU, because ULM is just one game back, but they have the tiebreaker, so essentially they're two games back. ODU is two games back. Troy's two games back. The Dukes have the tiebreaker on, on those teams right now. App is two games. I mean, they they just they have some separation right now where they could they could lose to a Marshall or Louisiana, somebody like that, and still be just fine and still, again, control their own destiny. So, again, we'll see how it all plays out. It's still going to be a challenge on the road this week against two teams that are struggling, but they'll be desperate for wins to try and make sure they get the best seed possible in the Sun Belt Tournament. So it'll be, still be a challenge this week. There's no doubt about that. A team that's struggling right now, the JMU women, they've dropped four of six. But despite that, and again, the sky's falling, they're playing terrible. I mean, they're still tied for second. So that's something that I think people need to put in perspective. I mean, there's four with four other teams, and that's a race right now. But they're still tied for second. There's still six games left to go, and they've got some games coming up here at home too. So again, the sky's not falling for them either. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely – it's. You know, almost the opposite of what we talked about with the bad. It is, yeah. You know, a few weeks ago they were struggling. They were, you know, down in the standings. Now they've risen. You go back to that point a few weeks ago for the women, it looks like they were getting ready to run away with the Sun Belt and you know, win the regular season fairly easily after beating Troy. Um, and then that's not happening right now. You know, like you said, they're tied for, tied for second. And it's, um, you know, really like a, a four-way tie and, same for the women. That top four is huge when it comes to uh, when it comes to the uh, conference tournament. So it's going to be an important stretch. And I feel like you know they get it together, they're still probably capable, of, you know, winning winning the conference if they get it together. I mean, I don't think I imagine Troy is probably going to take another loss somewhere, um, maybe a couple. But they got they're kind of reaching that point where there's not a lot of room for error um, when, well, like we said, it's basically, it's basically similar to the men now, but it's five teams that separated themselves a little bit on the women's side. And you, you don't want to be the fifth one. That's yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that would be the worst possible scenario. No, no doubt about that. And what, what's been their issue of late during the, the stretch where they dropped three or four and four to six, what's been their issue? Um, You know, well, I mean, I was to say the the game at Georgia Southern is the one I watched the closest because of the timing and you know playing the same time as men and everything and being at home and they just did not make shots. I don't know exactly what it was. I mean, I I said this during the game. Like I don't think Georgia Southern was playing good defense at all. Like JMU was driving to the basket, they were getting off his rebounds, they were getting to the free throw line. They just were not making shots. I feel like a decent shooting night they probably win that game by 10 points and it was it was strange um but yeah just i mean a little bit of a lack of energy too maybe it's just you know the mid-season uh sluggishness they're trying to get to you're trying to get ready for the stretch run i don't know exactly what it is i'm I'm eager to talk to sean o'regan tomorrow when he does his media availability just get his perspective on things I, i don't think it's a sky is falling situation um, like you said, you know they're pretty close to getting things getting things turned around. I mean, 
they could have won basically any of these games that they've lost and just haven't pulled it out. So it's, it's, it's minor adjustments probably make a huge difference, but yeah, something's just off with them right now. Well, and, and you mentioned their shooting since the, the Troy win when they made 11 threes, They've shot really poor from beyond the three-point line. I mean, 21% twice, 16% once, 27% at the time, and they were 38% or less in their three losses and only 41% against South Alabama, who isn't any good. So they still ran away with that one. But they just they haven't shot the basketball well. So I think that's something that hopefully that, that's just a stretch they're going through right now because it didn't seem to be quite like this early in the season. It didn't. And, you know, they had a lot of shooting issues last season. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe this is just kind of uh, reverting to the mean a little bit, but and I, I think for you know somebody like Peyton McDaniel, that might be the case to some degree. She's going to probably come out here soon and just start shooting thirty eight percent, which is about what you would expect for her, and like be a little bit more consistent as opposed to like being red hot for a couple games and then struggling for a few. But um, you know, yeah, they're not getting a lot of three point shooting. Otherwise, that's it's something Kiki Jefferson can do, but um, I wouldn't say like shooting threes is like the huge part of her game. She takes it to the basket. Jamia Hazel, same. Uh, Kobe King Hawaii made a couple in this most recent game. Maybe she's eaten up a little bit, but um, you know she struggled a lot on defense against uh, Georgia Southern. So I think they want to you know let her get more minutes and kind of spark the offense a little bit. But you know she's got to get into better shape. And, be able to do it on both ends too. I was going to ask you about her as we give me talk to Shane Metlin from the DNR. She played 24 minutes. That was a, a season high for her. Do you think we'll start to see her play 20 plus minutes moving forward? I think possibly. You know, especially um, you know, like you said, they come home here for a couple of games. Maybe it'll be a little bit um, easier on her. Like uh, as far as you know, just with her injuries, her you know not being really in game shape by the time. Uh, you know, her eligibility came around as a semester. She's still just getting into it. I mean, it's still it's still a matter of, like, as much talent as she has, she's got to be worked into this thing, uh, get ready get ready to play that many minutes. Um, she can give you really good, really good offense and spurts, but I think they're getting to the point where they need her to be an all-around player and, like you said, for, for stretches where she can play 20 minutes a game. Obviously, and we talked with Coach O'Regan a little bit about this last week about his rotation and starting and not starting and finishing and stuff like that. He played with his lineup quite a bit this weekend. Um, is that a sign that that maybe they're still searching right now for the for the right lineup? I think uh, to some degree. I mean, he was really high on the starting five that he had. For he was a while ago. I mean, you know, he stuck with it. I mean, you don't shake it up when you're winning thirteen in a row. Um, but I mean. You know, he, he kind of, you know, backed up his assertions of why he thought that was the five to go with and bringing Peyton McDaniel off the bench and stuff. But then he goes to where he's bringing both Peyton and Kiki off the bench. Um, definitely, definitely an interesting approach. Um, you know, I can, I can see a situation where, you know, if you're an opposing team and you're playing JMU, who's probably a little bit more talented than you, and you're getting through, like, you know, the first five, six minutes of the first quarter and you're feeling pretty good about it being close game. Maybe you got a two point lead or it's tied or whatever, but then you look and like, okay, they're bringing in two of the best players in the conference off the bench. And like, you know, now we're going to see the real team. 
I could kind of see where that like is intriguing to a coach to maybe have that option. But I don't know. I would expect Kiki Jefferson to get back to the starting lineup at some point, but he's definitely trying some things to try to figure out uh, what he's Obviously, these two games this week for them, they're back at home. Um, Then they go three in a row on the road, and then they close out with a home game. But these are monster games this week. Louisiana is one of the teams tied with them for second place right now. Um, Arkansas State's a team that's not very good, just 2-10 and so far in the league. So I I feel like these are almost must-wins since they're at home, and then you've got three straight on the road. Yeah, I mean, they almost all become must-wins at this point. Yeah, you're right. You know, um, you know, as much as we were talking about the men and, you know, the top four and everything, winning the regular season is the standard for the Jamie women. I mean, it's been for a long time. They haven't done it in a couple of years. They look like they were going to. That, that's still a big deal for the team, and I think that's still the main goal. Um, but also, you know, finishing the top four is huge, like we've talked about, you know, several times already. And, yeah, they just can't really afford to lose many more if they're going to do either one of those things. They will take on Louisiana, big one on Thursday at 7 o'clock inside the Atlantic Union Bank Center, then host Arkansas State Saturday at 4 o'clock. Again, both games are at home this week for the Dukes. I'll have three in a row at home, or excuse me, on the road after that before closing at home against Marshall. All right, my man, I appreciate you as always. Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record. Read more his stuff online, dnronline.com slash sports, or pick up the newspaper as well. Thank you, Shane. Thanks, Dave. All right, buddy, I appreciate you. Good stuff as always.